welcome back to another episode of The Conversation. Might I add, Series 2. Series 2. <laughs> we didn't realise it was a series. Um, oh, right. So, who have we in the studio today? Got myself, OJ. Uh, have you got Eggy here again? Got Claudia. So, yes, um, we were doing two in one week. That's a... What a... Don Cotter, we recording this week. We have. Um, so, with the... Experience that you used to have had the other day, so we've given you the, an opportunity to bring something to the table today so we can, and as I said to you, doesn't matter what it is, Yeah, this is a, our own platform where we can talk about what we want. Yeah, so we felt quite um, quite a bit of responsibility trying to think of a few topics. We had We had quite a big brainstorm yesterday and a lot of things came up and we've kind of whittled it down to, I guess, like the final four. So... We'll see how we go. We'll start with we'll start with the first one, which just been reading around, hearing about it, um, just thinking, just like why why are the rich getting richer effectively? I find it bizarre how you've got people like Richard Branson who owns Virgin um, Airlines, you've got Elon Musk, and you've got Jeff Bezos. I think, and we're all trying to get up to space. So they've got so much money that they can build companies that can go to space. But then you've got all these other problems around the world, poverty, famine and so forth, that could be solved by these individuals. Issues in Derby as well, I'm sure, that they could help out with. But yet, the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. What else? What's everyone's kind of thoughts on that? Very interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I reckon, I'm probably in line with that they should help people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you said, there's a lot of famine in the world. Um, you know, a lot of countries out there are, I suppose in the Western ways, but there is still a lot of, um, you know, homelessness and that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I, I know I've touched on this before, maybe in just in conversation with OJ, that even the Australian government, um, you know, with homelessness, we should help our own people. It doesn't matter what people, if you're in Australia, you're homeless. Yeah. We should help them. Um, but the rich, um, you know, they're in this fight for space at the moment. I don't know, a bit of a Star Wars thing going on with all these <laughs> guys. But, you know, I haven't I suppose I don't know too much about if they give to charity I believe Richard Branson does I believe I believe some of them do I know Warren Buffett who was like the world's richest man for a long time Mm. and now he's dropped down a bit I know when he dies he apparently he's only going to give two percent of his wealth to his kids and 98 percent is going to go to charity wow well I'm hopefully that when it goes to charity it actually goes to charity because we've Mm. and because we've I've known with um Especially with those bushfires that they had. Yeah, these. I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, because we're very we touched it was on a that bit before. iffy. Yeah. But, you know, with these organisations um, getting all their do- all those donations in, and mm. their hierarchy getting a pay rise out of all that, and none oh, of it right. none of it went to those people who, who genuinely needed that money and all those funds. Eh? It's that, and, and that's not the Australian way. I you know I won't say yeah. those organisations names. Yeah. You probably have a clue who they are, but. Um, yeah. That's not the humanitarian way. I mean, you've built a charity. You should be proud of what the charity represents and just well, trying to help. at that time, one of those charities, I believe, only 10% of that money was used on the people. Um, yeah. Then they said, oh, no, we had to pay our admin. Our CEO got a pay rise and that. And it was just like, Staff need to get paid. Staff didn't, yeah. yeah. What, what's going on? Hang on. People yeah. are giving money to these charities to go to the cause that, you know, the money's for. Mm. So why? It, it just makes no sense. Yeah. It gives a shit if people need to get paid. But that's they're rich enough, aren't they? Getting charity. back to old yeah. old Warren. Um, mm. Hopefully, 
that 98%, whatever, is going to charity, actually goes to charity. Yeah. I'm yeah. surely someone's going to siphon a bit off somewhere, you know. Oh, yeah, you know. it's a lot of money. I mean, 2% apparently of his wealth is oh, it's something ridiculous, it's probably like a billion dollars or something. That's going to go to his kids, like very set, like I mean, 2%. To be fair, though, the that's fair enough. It, yeah. That is his choice. Yeah. If he's if he's going in his will, 2%, yeah. and it's still a lot of money, that's his choice, that's fine. Yeah. But it, the other 98%, that's quite a bit to go to charity. It's important how that's going to be handled, I reckon. That's what yeah, I was about to say. Once he dies, he has no control over that. Yeah. It's whoever, um, you know, control his money after he passes yeah. away that may... Do a little bit of dirty business with it. Yeah. Yeah. And even with the, um, I, I guess, you know, when, you know, uh, with um, Lang Hancock, when he passed in, you know, in Western Australia, he passed it on to his daughter, Gina, and she's just, mm. you know, I guess some of those um, kids who probably had it easier and just handed all this yeah. money, yeah. you know, and she's the only sole kid, but, the problem now is with her children. They're they, I think they're fighting over it because um, she's favoured one of them, and the other two are taken yeah to court and saying no, no, you you know you're doing this and that. We're, we're not getting as much as the and so it's 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 amazing how it can rip families apart. I mean, I read a book called Sapiens. Highly recommend if you haven't. It's by Yuval Noah Harari, and he talks about the evolution of humans and how we effectively have created what he calls imagined realities where money is an imagined reality. We all agree that this piece of paper that I give you has this amount of value, but the piece of paper itself, if we don't agree it has value, it's nothing. It's got no nutritional value. I can't eat it. It's not going to sustain me. It's just an agreement between all of us. And when you've got wills like that, that split money, it can then split relationships. And one of the doctors I spoke to on the podcast that I've done he said, I asked him what's the most meaningful thing to him in his life and effectively what is the meaning of life to him. And he said it's the people you surround yourself with. So when you get money coming through and intersecting and destroying that, I feel you lose the meaning of life there. Yeah, money is, the, as they say, the root of all evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know... I'm just trying to think if I if I if I had three or four billion and I was in their shoes, you know, I'd I'd definitely give that some to charity. Mm. Um, as I said, um, you know, the homelessness in Australia is pretty high at the moment, and it doesn't matter who which Australians homeless, black, white, brindle, or whatever. I think um, Australian government, you know, yeah, I know the as you say, you know, the humanitarian things that we do help people overseas when it comes to money and that, yeah, um, but I. I I'm also a believer that we should look after our own yeah. first and foremost. You know, yeah. there's homelessness here. All right, let's sort your backyard. Yeah, out let, let's see because um, you know, a lot of I, I guess a lot of people from overseas think see Australia as this. Um, oh, we are a beautiful country, but you know, they don't probably associate problems like that. You know, with our with our country and that. Yeah, but you know, I know is it um, Bill Gates? I, I believe he gives a lot to charity as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, I. Isn't it in excess of two hundred million a year or something? Mm. Something around that ridiculous mark. Yeah, yeah. he's okay. giving like ninety nine percent of his, like similar to Warren Buffett. But um, yeah, none of his children is going to inherit like his wealth apparently. So ninety nine percent goes to the foundation, like Bill and Melissa Foundation. Yeah, but well, I'll, yeah. But the question is just like because they they're now divorced, like um, Bill and Melissa. You know why? 
And although they're still going <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> although they're like still working in the same foundation, like I always wonder what would be the implications on like the charity side of things. Well, whoever runs a charity would be on a good wicket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, you know, as, and if, it's, if he's giving away 9.5%, good on him as well. But if it goes to this foundation, wouldn't you just, oh, as I said, yeah, it's it's quite funny that you don't know. And as I said, when these bushfires, you know, a lot of the Australian public gave out a lot of money in the... Uh, even here in Derby. We had yes. a quiz night and Mike... People emptied their pockets. Oh, really? Um, for this chat, yeah. There was a carrot cake. It, it was ridiculous night. It was awesome. Um, it was basically a, was it a music quiz night. So every table, um, you had to get dressed up as whatever your table was. So ours was Elvis Presley. So we went as jailhouse rockers all in our, you know, black and white stripes. Um, predicting your future, are you? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um and so they had like an auction at the end of the night, basically, and there was a carrot cake that went for thirteen hundred dollars. Oh my god, thirteen hundred! That's yeah. probably the most expensive carrot cake. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Um, Jeez, I bought a fire pit for about six hundred bucks, and it was just a fire pit. Wow. Yeah, and that like, money went to that bushfire appeal. Yeah, yeah, and see, that's and a lot of Australians did that, didn't they? And mm. um, and to hear. And to hear what these organisations have done, eh? You know, giving your CEO a pay rise. Yeah. It. Yeah. It. I know when I first heard about that, and that, I just went, "Wow, that's yeah. unbelievable." Um, you know, and there are still people over in New South Wales, and that are still homeless because of the bushfires. You know, yeah. they're living on caravans on their mm. on their blocks. They, you know, and that sort of stuff. So. Um, then you, you know all these other companies, the insurances, and that um, are you in. You know, especially people who aren't insured, just living on their block, you know, I I really wouldn't give a stuff if they were insured or not. It, I think as, um, you know, either the state government or whatever, you know, you want people living in rural areas still, yep. you know, otherwise, they'd be, you know, the cities would be more populated than ever. Um, and you want people living in rural areas, so build those houses. doesn't matter what it costs. Yeah. Um, is, is that a problem, kind of the sucking out? Of rural people into cities, I think so. Well, look, it's changed. You know, you, I guess, uh, you know, when World War after World War Two, they gave all these farms and that out and said, oh, you know, we want you on, um, out in the country. But I think over time, especially you know, in the seventies and eighties, people just started moving to cities, and and a lot of those, you know, usually went to the the country area, whatever town that was. What what town was that? Um, right in death. When we were in Derby. No, no. Did you just go to... Did, all, all other people did their placements in country towns. Oh, yeah, other oh, people have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've yeah. gone into That's little right. like communities around Fitzroy and then up the Gibb River. Well, even those um, communities, little towns down in the, you know, the south, I'd, I'd say the, you know, out near the little towns like... I'll, I'll, um, I'll point out Tambla because I, you know, did grow up there a bit. Um, shops, you can see the shops were... And this is back in the 80s, mid-80s. The shops were built probably in the 1930s. The shops were all closed. We actually lived in the shop, so at the back, um, I did not never ventured in the, in the front of it. Um, but a lot of shops were just old style nineteen thirties, you know, nineteen twenties when these towns were probably. Yeah, I think you've boom. told me a few stories about living there. Yeah, I think we went on Google Maps as well. Yeah, we and looked at yeah, and I saw the yeah. old shop, the where I lived in. There's, and I I still remember walking around there. I'd, I'd love to visit, go back to Tamil, just to 
as a you know just to have a look, but having all these old country towns with all these shops, and all of a sudden, even in the eighties, they were closed, boarded up. You still had the houses behind people just living in those old houses that were connected to the shops. Yeah. So people actually, you know, lived there, work, come out and work. Um, these little towns would have been bustling back in the day. Mm. But um, I guess over time people just moved to the city. And But in, in, in saying that, you know, if people do want to live out in the, in, the, in the country, I think there should be an incentive, you know. Mm. Um, I know a few towns, I, I believe, um, I saw one on the... I believe it's the ABC um, got a big African population because this community just said we need people to survive. So they just opened up their doors, um, cheap housing. So a lot of the African community, they've integrated. It was a mm. real feel-good story on the uh, one of the networks and they just showed it, you know, people coming in and the, and the non-Indigenous people there, you know, didn't really care. They said, no, we want people. And, then, and they formed friendships over the, you know, a lot of these African of African heritage have been living there for about 10, 15 years now. It's just built up, um, um, you know, I, I guess the community up a bit more and th- th- that's what you want. Um, you know, we talked about doctors going into communities where there's no um, no doctors, especially in small towns. Yeah, well, like, well, like I always feel conflicted with the incentive part, part because it comes back to what we were talking about with, like, money. It's like you're drawing people in for money rather than for what that city, town that you're going to actually is and i feel i can't think of another way to bridge that because i feel like we spoke about it people will come in for a few months get their cash do the job yep. not really integrate and then they'll leave and then you'll get a new batch come in and then as a local being here you don't get any continuity between the people coming in and out well years ago those old practices practices would have been um you know, I guess the grandfather would have been a doctor then the son became a doctor yeah, it was a family now it's, yeah. now it's um, you know, some of those communities, you know, are, and it's probably true that some of these communities, they got to drive, you know, towns aren't mm. just down the road. Yeah. Some, even down the, you know, out in the Wheat Belt area, you know, mm. they might have to drive an hour to the next town where the doctor is and that sort of yeah. stuff. And can you imagine um, having an emergency in that, in, in, in yeah. that situation, you know? Oh, yeah. wow, you know, flying doctors become a part of it, but um, you got to, you know... Ha- but unfortunately, money probably is the yeah. driving thing to get those doc, you know, these um, either mm. you know, first year doctors out to these communities uh, to work, and hopefully they form a bond with that community. But yeah, it'd be pretty hard, you, yeah. But, but it'd be pretty hard, you know, living in the city all your life and going out there and completely different world. It is, yeah. Yeah. and it doesn't matter where you, are, you know, either you're up in the Kimberleys or you're out in the Midwest somewhere, you know, or down in the Southwest and in, in the Great Southern, because you know. It's, um, you know, on the coast, all the way from Perth to Bunbury is pretty okay, but once you get other side yeah. of Bunbury and you go towards Albany, towns do become, sp- yeah. you know. And I reckon even, um, I wouldn't really know because I haven't lived in a small town down south, but I'd imagine compared to up here as well, it's pretty different. Um, small towns, you know, Derby, such as a place where you used to live, um, I'd imagine it's pretty different. Yeah, it is. It's completely different. Like living in a small town down there is... Um, as I said, the old shops, and you still got the old shops here, but the architecture down there is very, very old. You know, you know, they got the, the old pubs and the all old that. pubs and yeah. you know, even, yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's you know, living up here is different, even though we're we're sort of isolated, but you know, we we're not small, small like Tamblup or anything like that. You know, we we're we're, we're growing, and I, I guess we're growing because of the 
I don't know if it's the kids who are having kids and all that sort of stuff. You know, families are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And that Could you way, say uh, government input as well? With the whole with the prison being well, built especially up here, yeah. back then, a lot of people have moved to town through that, and then other things coming in. Yeah, and you, you know, and I guess the, um, the the prison has brought in a lot of extra people here, even though it's like where's Wally with some of them because we never see <laughs> <Yeah>. him. Um, <laughs> and but you know, but it's um. He, he, and I don't know if you were here, OJ, when they had the, the, the refugee centre. Yeah, detention centre. So the detention yeah. centre oh, was... Right. Um, so when they so had it out the, Yeah, they did have one. And they wanted to open it up again, but there was a lot of Circo Sedecto workers yeah. back in those. So Circo yeah. workers were just... That's why they built all these new houses and that, because um, Derby was at a, um increase in population. But the population's always been steady in Derby anyway. And, um, yeah, but... At least we got, I guess, at least we got amenities like hospitals and um, indigenous medical services and all those other stuff. But the government pl- does play a, a big part and role in having those services here, but not enough services that we, you know, we discussed before. Yeah, that was like that's what makes a city livable is all the stuff that you have in it. And when they develop cities, um, little nodes they do now within the city, they always have like your coals and your woolies, and then you've got your little big soup um, shopping centre. That's attached to it, so you don't have to travel too far. But when you go rural, that's completely different. Yeah. You might have to travel very far to just get some of those things that make something your life a bit more livable and enjoyable. Yeah, because even going to the city is like a, a big trip in itself. Yeah, it's amazing. and as you're saying, you know, it seems like in Perth you got six suburbs around. You got this major shopping centre in the middle. Yeah, then you got these little shops. That are in the suburbs. Yeah. Even in apartment blocks, it's ridiculous now. In Claremont, you've got these apartment blocks, and you just go down your elevator, and there's an IGA there. Like <laughs> yeah. it's the same in Sydney. Oh, when I've been, when I've been to Sydney, you go down. There's a Coles. There's like so many of them, which is great when you're there. But it's just so interesting how you can have so many supermarkets pop up in such a dense area. But then when you go to a more sparse area, it's not as well resourced. They kind of just let the community kind of try figure it out. Well. I, you know, you're talking about that, um, on, like the Woolies on in Murray Street. Mm. It's got the JB Hi-Fi on top of it. Yeah, yeah. I I go, I go there because um, and I'm thinking, where the hell are all these people coming to this shop for? Yeah. Where do they live? But they actually live in these apartments. Yeah. And I didn't realise that. You know, I'm just thinking, doesn't everyone live out in the suburbs? But that Woolies uh, in, in Murray yeah. Street is always packed. Yeah. There's people coming and going, and because I, I started thinking to myself, well, it's not people who just Gonna go and get four bags of shopping, go and jump on a train because they yeah, go back. <laughs> their suburbs got shopping centres, so it's yeah. not those people. It's people who actually live in these apartments in the in the city, and it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's people coming home as well from work in the city. Yeah, stop yeah. into the shop, then go home. Yeah. yeah, which like yeah, that's really really good about apartments. But you do also feel trapped a bit when you're in an apartment. I will say that like a bit of a like you're in a bit of a rat in an apartment block. Although you've got all these things you can go out to. Yeah. You are trapped in there and you don't have a backyard like you might have here and like some open space. So like there are benefits to I living in the country. I reckon I gotta have a backyard. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have something to sit out, you know, on a nice summer's yeah. day or something, sit outside, have a bit of music playing, have a beer, something like that. And you can't do that in an apartment because it's all just like you might have a balcony, but it's not the same, is no, it? No. Yeah. And yeah. Like when I go down there and I catch the taxi and I um, 
go past Optus Stadium, there's a lot of the apartments, and you mm. see their barbecue on their their little yeah balcony, oh, and, and you, you go, you wow, how yeah, my auntie used to live in one of those apartments. Come like over for a barbie, mate, them. and you get about ten blokes here. On the <laughs> yeah, <whole little> you <laughs> got to be quiet. Oh, there's we got chairs and that. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah and you, you can't make noise in that. Um, no. You see, a lot of people like put up blockers, so like um, you get like bamboo sheets, kind of. Oh yeah. So yeah. you can't see the next balcony yeah. over. Yeah. So you get a little bit of privacy. A bit of privacy, yeah. Well, yeah. you'd have to. Be like you're in your own studio. You'd have to get the mm. the walls soundproof. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're on top of one another, exactly. Yeah. I imagine you want to get a soundproof room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for certain yeah. reasons. Uh, yeah, I know what you were looking for. <laughs> yeah, I used to live in Melbourne as well for five years. I think living in an apartment is always interesting whenever the fire alarm goes off. And I live in like um, the 10th floor, but my friend live in like the 30th floor. Oh, imagine wow. going down that stairs. Yeah. Like, in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m. Oh, they've got yeah. elevators though, don't they? No, oh, because fire alarm, fire, they you can't. can't use them. Oh. So you have to go down all the way. And yeah, most no, of the times, like false alarm from just paper, like cooking and yeah. opening yeah. up their door. But imagine so if it was an actual fire, you'd be... Oh, so that yeah. actually happens quite a bit. Yeah. False alarms. Oh, so many times, at least, wow. like, at least five times a year. Even, like, for, like, practice, do you have, like, the alarm practice for some reasons yeah and that's like at 3 a.m 4 a.m where you just oh. go down like the stairs are but quite can't like they do it at like steep. you know four o'clock in the yard though everyone's kind of knocked off they, work you back do up. they give you um a warning that you're going to do it at 3 4 a.m um well if it's the falls a lot usually they give out just like through the announcement like okay we're going to do a drill but sometimes it's just like yeah but they won't tell you what time drill. it won't yeah. be like between nine and ten we're gonna have one everyone like be home that kind of Can thing you imagine at four o'clock in the morning you're dead asleep and next oh, thing, yeah someone I starts talking you'll work it yeah. work it like you know nine in the morning yeah. eight oh, o'clock yeah, in the morning you want to have a bit of a sleep in yeah and uh, yeah even on a saturday morning you know yeah. for a big friday night yep. you come home and it's like oh and, like, you don't know oh either. No. You don't know if it's false or real, so you have to get up. It's not like you'll be like, oh, yeah. it's a false alarm. I'll try to sleep for it. That's it. Yeah. I'll just say I wasn't home. I'll stand yeah. in the house now. <laughs> yeah, no. And, like, the alarm is so loud as well. So even though if you want to stay at home, like, in your, like, unit, that's still, like, blazing through yeah. the whole apartment. So that's you might as well just get up anyway. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, alarm clock. Yeah. So do they have... As you said, they do announcements. They have yeah. a speaker in your room or in the hallways? Um... I think in our room as well as in a hallway, both. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's very loud. I'm like, be so like, deafening. Be like that black comedy. You just sit there watching. Yeah. Hey, mate, I was get up. Yeah. Get up, mate. Yeah, I can you see can, you. you. Get up and get out of the house. It'd, it'd yeah. be There's pretty bloody, interesting. There's a Someone. bloody fire alarm going on. Someone on the last day of their <laughs> <Dickhead>. job. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't care. It's the last day of their job. So let's go on the PA system and start talking shit to people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, look, I don't think I can do that. Four o'clock in the morning. No. Oh, living no in an apartment, yeah, oh, it's um, something I wouldn't do. Um, I'd at least no. get it like a unit. That's as small as I'd go, I think. Mm. So like you at least have house. a little bit of backyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Mm. Like, there's a few units in town here, um, but they're pretty expensive here too. Oh, at least they've got a backyard. I'm yeah. pretty – now I'm, I'm wondering what your other – The other – yeah, but yeah, I want yeah. it, it kind of links to – so some of the stuff we've already talked about, like um, doctors coming rurally and people moving around and just kind of how life kind of changes. My thought was um, how do we effectively, how do we build 
um, how do we build resilience? Like what, what really is resilience today? Because people keep changing the definition of what it means to be a resilient person. It means being open or honest, communicating, being strong. Like wh- what, what is resilience and what's resilience in the country as well? How does that differ? Wow. A very interesting question. <laughs> I had a good long think about that. Yeah, <laughs> so I could tell. Yeah, I know. I, like, t- to myself, I think it's, um, you know, we could all pack our bags and head to the city where it's easier living and cheaper, but I, I think some of us... We don't. Yeah. We don't. We love the, you know, love the open spaces. We love that just the bush is just there um, and the openness of it. So it's a very good question. I'd like, you know... Oh, yeah, as you said, what is resilience? Um, mm. Oh, I, I can't define it, you know, for myself. Um, oh. But if you're saying in the living in a rural area, it's it's yeah, it's quite hard. The the way I'm seeing it um, in terms of living here is as we talked about. Was it yesterday that we did the little podcast with you guys? Mm. Um, coming here to a small town. And resilience to me is finding a way to love the place. Because as we said, a lot of people come here, they see what it's like, and then they go, no, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going. They don't stop and think about, you know, all right, I want to make this work. I want to love it here. And they don't try, so Mm -hmm. they just leave. But I think if you stay here long enough and you, you know, work towards actually wanting to be here, go in the community, as we said, and, you know, live a happy life here. I think that is resilience as well yeah like to me it's probably where i came from and where i want to head and that's yeah and and as i you know spoke to you guys you know in regards to you know i guess my past and how i grew up and what i wanted to change and what the scene you know with i guess parents coming from a broken you know home and to some of the values that I said to you guys, like when I yeah. get married, um, when I once I got married, and I said that in my teenage years, I just said no, 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 no. Once I get married and have kids, now I won't, you know, I want to set the foundation for my family. And mm. and so resilience, yeah, resilience for me is knowing. To me, it's where I came from and what I've set up, and hopefully that, you know, I can my kids look at me and go, wow, there is. You know, he's done the hard yards, mm. got himself or whatever, and you know, and you know, through my teenage years, I was a bit of a. I loved school. Yeah. I loved school. Don't get me wrong, but I was yeah. a bit of a brat also because I had this. You know, you know, basically looking after myself for, for a few years there when I would live with my dad, and I was sort of nah, because I had these, because my dad was set in his ways. You know, then by the time mm. I turned got back home to my mum and then I was 14 and I was already a man in my eyes because I grew up basically by myself, um, set my ways and that sort of stuff. So a bit more mature than the average. More, yeah, a yeah. bit more mature year. than the average kid because yeah. of, of what I went through. Um, so yeah, and so I can tell you the defining moment that I actually, because I stayed with my mum for about a month mm. and and this is... Then I end up living with my auntie. So, so you know, I, we talk about resilience, and I. So I, I was so set in my ways because my dad, um, 
you know, you go to bed, chop wood, and you get up early. You know, I was so used to getting up early, catching a bus from Tambla up to Katanning for school and that. Mm. So, you know, I got up early, got back to my mum and stayed with my brother, and she had a, a new husband and such. Um, nice bloke, but me, when I got back, I was probably full of anger, mm. you know. I didn't know where it then. So my, I flew to Kunnaram, had these people come up and hug me, didn't know who the hell they were. They were my family, my mum's sister. Yeah. And I got used to them. So when I, about a, about six, seven weeks later, they dropped me off to my mum. Um, Yeah, and it was just like, because I got used to living with my auntie and got back to my mum and I was just, bit, I was still 13, just about turning 14 and they put me in school for about two weeks and um, I got up early, got, you know, got my sister and brothers up and um. The stepfather d- didn't like it that I was getting up early, but see, I had my routine because my dad. So me being me and thought I was a man, I just walked outside the house, took my shirt off and said, come on then, have a fight. And he just went, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I stayed outside and my mum came out, what's going on? And I said, no, you know, he's getting wild because I'm getting up for school. But I was so set in my ways because my yeah. dad, get up, get ready for school. Mm. Always go to school. My dad installed it. You know, he grew up in a mission. Yeah, you have, and which is probably one of the great things he installed in me. It's all about education. Now I'm like that. Now our mm-hmm. kids need edu- to be educated. And he said, it's, "Don't matter what you do, you don't blame anyone. You just go and get an education so you can mm-hmm. live a better life." Um, yeah. Then I, so I stood out there for about half an hour. And my stepfather came out, and I took my shirt off and said, "Come on!" I was only skinny, <laughs> skinny thirteen-year-old kid who just got home to his mother, and my mother was in shock and. So I, back in the old 20 cent phone box days, mm. ran there and chucked 20 cents in, rang up my auntie because they gave me their phone number. And I said, oh, I'm going to have a fight with my stepfather. And they could no, no, they lived <laughs> in Darwin. Down and watch. <laughs> Two hours away, so they just jumped the car straight down. Mm. Bit of a discussion going on with him, my mum and auntie, and they come out and they said, grab your gear, you come with us. So yeah, right. And I went to Darwin and grew up with my auntie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, but resilience to me is like, you know, because it's like you said, you don't know what, how to box it in. It's it's yeah, to me, yeah. it's where I come from and where where, where I want to go. And and now, like, you know, for about 10, 15 years, I didn't even know what I wanted to be. I always wanted to be a teacher because, mm. um, you know, working in the schools. I was, so I worked as an Aboriginal island education worker for about 10 years in Darwin, just in the last probably 15 years, 10 years working. And I, I loved it because... As I said, education is the key, especially to young Indigenous people who just think, um, like I, I was pretty straightforward to some of those kids. I didn't beat around the bush. You know, like some kids will, um, oh, go and get stuffed. And so I just say, go and get stuffed. Do you want to end up in jail? Mm. Blah, 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 blah. And they just look at me, what? I said, yeah, well, that's the way you're going, mate. Mm. You know, the teacher's sitting there, no, no, you can't talk to them. I said, yes, I can. Mm. Because... Don't sugarcoat what yeah, these... You know, realistic. Just tell them, oh, oh, no, I don't want to end up in jail. I said, well, that's the way you're going. Mm. I said, mate, you're going to be a skinny young kid going to jail when you're 18 and you're going to have a big bloke there waiting, looking at you, <laughs> smiling, and these kids are going, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Yes, and some of these kids, but they're from the street, so they knew. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> don't drop the but, soap there, mate. <laughs> but even when I read stories to the kids, because the teacher used to be over there, you know, and I had these two kids and... 
And, you know, I, I was re- like, just get, get a book. And I, Leon, you don't mind going reading the kids, no worries. And I used to change my voice for the kids. Mm. Like, talk black fella. Hey, this one, come here and get that thing there. And they look at me, what? <laughs> <laughs> so the next for? day when I read to those kids or the next week when I read them, Leon, can you can you read the way you was reading before? <laughs> and I'll do it. And they'd be laughing, you know, yeah. trying not to laugh. And the yeah. teacher's looking at us going, what's, what's, you're right over there. Yeah, no, nah, we're just yeah. having a bit of... <laughs> so I used to change it up to make the story more interesting for them. Yeah, that's engaging. And speak in um, broken down English. And they used yeah. to go, and these white kids look at me and go, wow, what language? And I said, no, it's just as broken down English. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and they just and you know a lot of some of the Afcast kids as well and Indigenous kids there sitting there. Um, oh, and I used to just change it up. Yeah. Instead of reading a story, you know, they cat and sat and that, mm. and I used to just change the story. And it was quite funny because next one, all of a sudden, there was about three kids, and next one, four kids. And I'm going, hey, what's going on? This little reading group stuff. Next man, only two of yous. Yeah. yeah. So the ki- <coughs> so they must have told the other kids and other kids, oh, can we get read with Leon today, Miss? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's quite funny though. Thinking about it now. Well, when when things are memorable like that, that's that's when you learn. Like we've learned that learning itself is associated with memories. So if you have something interesting that happened, it's not just your normal. I'm just, someone just reads a story, same voice the whole way. Yeah. If you can actually engage with your kids and change it up for them, and see them actually enjoy it, you know that they're retaining what you're saying, and then you're educating them. Well, one of the kids I had was um, I've never seen it. <laughs> and I probably talked to OJ about it. this kid was very smart. Um, <clears throat> didn't pay attention on the board. He was a non-indigenous kid. They said, "Oh, look, can you work with him? We're trying to get him involved." And no, way. so I he had his desk, and I put a chair next to him. Just be, you know, he goes, "Look, you can you can sit there. We won't, I'm not gonna. I'll just ignore you." I said, "No, that's fine." Because I said, "I just get city oh, and get." I think you've told me. Yeah, that I just yeah. city and get paid anyway. Mm. Oh, okay. Easiest job in the yeah, world. You know, yeah, I just sat there and just. And he was, I'm watching him sort his stuff out on the table. Yeah. He paid no attention to what was going on out there, the teacher. And the teacher said he's very he's smart. As in, and I tell you now, I've never, this kid was smart. They put on a YouTube um, on the screen uh, about train tracks and that. He did not watch it. So I sat at the back with him, all the kids on the front, on the um, ground carpet watching it. This is year five. And I'm just sitting at the back with him and going, oh, well, I'll just sit and just watch him. Mm. All of a sudden, the teacher asks questions. He just blurted out all the answers. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, looking at him going, wow. Yeah. She, and she pulled I said, she goes, that's what I mean. He's said he didn't even watch the show. But he was just, yeah. So we kind of, yeah. he was just like, he was so smart, this kid. I was, yeah. So what do you reckon that would have been? What do you... Would have been like he would have already knew, so he no. It was just been boring just for him to watch it, or he'll tell you it's boring. Yeah, he was. He would not pay attention to anything. Mm. So sometimes he would not engage with other kids because he didn't like, you know. He'd come back in his desk. He'd have everything perfect, and he'd walk back and go, "Who's touched my rubber? The rubber could be over a centimeter." <laughs> You're right, and the kids. Because there's two other boys, they played tricks on him, so they'd move. Mm. And he'd just, no, who touched my rubber? And the kids would come back and go, oh, I did. Well, and they move it back. Mm. Yep. And sit down. <laughs> How do you think you get kids like that? Is it, do you reckon it's their parents? I don't know. He was completely different. Like, he'd, um, 
he was completely different. His sister, his sister went to school there too. She didn't even associate with him actually, because probably thinking, well, he's my brother's a weirdo. Yet she dressed, <laughs> yeah. she dressed like a young goth girl, you know, black. Right. She loved black for some reason. Yeah. And but he'd get in the class, they'd let him do it. Being in a, an urbanized school, he'd just take his shoes off and sit there bare feet, with no shoes on. He he liked being having you know no shoes on, just bare feet. You sit then he. But sometimes when we done stuff, like um, we'd tell him, no, no, you don't answer it. But then he, he'd just spurt at the answers because he didn't really give a stuff if that kid was taken. Because he'd sit there, the kid, um, uh, um, he'd just he'd, uh, 345. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, what? And he'd just spurt it out because he, he didn't want this kid to, he just wanted this kid to hurry up and say it instead of. It'd probably just be oh, that he was yeah. annoyed because he knew and the kid was taking too long. Yeah, that's what yeah. he'd, 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 he'd probably just be getting annoyed that. He was. He got annoyed answer, with everything. the answer. Yeah. yeah. And of all the schools that I've worked in in 10 years in the Northern Territory, I've never seen a kid like that. Never. Do you have any idea where he is now? Well, he probably would have went to high school. He, um, I don't know how he, because he didn't like interacting with anyone. So, mm. But being that brainy and not interacting with any other person, yeah. Like he might have a friend, but then he just likes reading. Yeah. Then he just creates these worlds. Mm. Oh, this is something from the planet, blah, blah, blah. And he just... Okay, and yeah, and he'd make the whole story up and tell Get you. Get him a film, that'd be mm. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he Game was, of Thrones, but he really, yeah. th- he really the next yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> and the worst one was when we because in, we had these um American um soldiers come in from the because the Darwin's uh, got the big base up there, come in and as I told OJ, they used to come in and cook breakfast and that you know it was good because they wanted to interact in the community and they came in our room and they talked about where they're from and. This kid was asking them questions, and they didn't know. Oh, okay. And they looking it up and going, "Oh, yeah, you're right, mate." Yeah. Um, so he was actually asking in year five these armed forces guys from the US yeah, right. questions that, "Oh, yeah, you're part of the such and such and blah blah blah." And he was and that. and you can't tell me he went googled that up. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sitting yeah. there. Wow, this kid's unbelievable. He must like oh. read a lot, watch a lot of documentaries, things like that. No, he didn't do anything. Like I said, you could we put that train documentary out. Like in his own time, though. Surely, like at home. Well, his parents... He must do a lot of that. That's why I was thinking about his parents. No, his yeah. parents were just normal Aussies. They, they're just normal working hard parents. They just wanted him to... Their major thing was he didn't interact with anyone because they thought he was just closing himself off. But mm. I'm guessing he could just sit there with his doing whatever and someone's having a conversation and he probably can just repeat it. Oh, you're talking about... He's so probably just got very good tuning in to what other people are saying. He just remembers it as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's... he's probably very good at retaining information. I don't even know what they call kids like that. Smart. I think synesthesia is a word that's thrown around with people who are just, like, incredibly brainy and kind of, like, supernatural brainy, like, the ones that you'd have on, like, TV shows. Well, you wouldn't even think he was brainy because he wore jeans. As soon as he hit his desk... He would just rip his shoes off. <laughs> then he had, he liked wearing specific clothes. Like if you've seen, I'm going to use, you know, Bert and Ernie for Sesame Street, those mm. stripy shirts. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. wore them every day. <laughs> every day, the same sort of shirts mm. from like Bert and Ernie. Have a look at Bert and Ernie on Google and you look at their shirts. 
If you, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, he wore them yeah. little thin shirts every day. Never changed. Yeah. Like next day it'll be a different color. Next one, I think. Probably didn't really have didn't have a brain energy to waste on picking shirts. He just picked the same one every day. <laughs> just got colored. But he, he yeah. didn't come from a like a a rich family. Like I said, his family was hardworking, and his mum would always come in to make sure that he was doing well and that. And mm. I said, yeah, he's not. Yeah, I. That's what he'd wear. Yes. He'd wear shirts like that. Yeah. Oh. With jeans. Yeah. That's a look. I think that's in fashion now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've yeah but he, he, like was, he, was, he was such a smart kid. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if he would thrive, like, in a different environment if he has, like, you know. Um, I know that some schools actually have special class for people like that who are, you know, all of the classes are tailored to them. Well, back then we didn't. Um, this is only going back um, you know, 10 years ago, 13 years ago. Um, it, like I said, his parents didn't come from a... They're not wealthy and that. They just lived in a, a normal... Basically a rundown suburb in um, Palmerston, which is a city outside of yeah. Darwin. Mm. It's just a... You know, and he... Yeah, I, I, I really hope he's doing well right now. You know, I hope he's... Well, he'd be about my age, so he'd be graduated from school by yeah, now. Yeah, he would have graduated yeah. from school. Um, I'd say probably uni, maybe. Yeah, he'd probably your age, yeah. He, that's if he goes, you know, I'm hopefully he's um, communi- communication skills. He does communicate, but in a well, that's thing, different way compared yeah. to other kids. When he grew up, he might have kind of opened up a didn't little Didn't like bit. sports, didn't like doing anything. So sometimes he that wouldn't do the work. Difficult, yeah. He wouldn't do the work. Mm. Yeah right. Yeah, he'd sit there. If we're doing a subject, he'd sit there, just mess around. Then in the last five minutes, he'll smash it out. Mm. I wish I can do that. What What I will say about people like that? I had heaps of mates like that at school. At school, they were the envy of everyone. Everyone hated them. Just like in five minutes, as you said, they get an assignment done and they do amazing and they got like the best grades. But since leaving school, like now that we're twenty five. Looking at them, they you need the drive, you need motivation, you need something you're passionate junkies. about. Yeah, they, <laughs> <Club> <laughs> very legit. Some of them are still the exact same. One of them, he got a scholarship to go. He got a BHP scholarship to do engineering at Curtin. He was fantastic, but then he like deferred, postponed. He's still doing his degree, and it's just an undergrad degree. He's just done like a bit by bit here and there. He loves his gaming and all that. He's just like switched. Yeah, switch to that. It's like maybe not stimulating enough for him. He's not passionate. Perhaps, perhaps it's that. Yeah, I guess that's like the biggest thing as well in school. You know, if you're doing pretty well, everyone's like, "Oh, you got to go to uni. You got to do this. Got to do that." You know, maybe I they did don't want to yeah. go to uni. When I left school, I just said, "No, I'm not going back. To, I'm not doing anything. Any, anything that's got to do with learning. I'm not doing uni. I'm not Same. doing none of that." <laughs> so when I left school, yeah. I. Um, I probably pissed around for about six months doing yeah. nothing until my auntie goes, hey. <laughs> Get a job. But they weren't like that because they knew that I was, I still had probably, you know, I was me growing up. So I was still, like, oh, maybe get a job. And so one night I went and got on the the old Terps, the old VB. <laughs> 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 had a heavy night and they, yeah. they woke me up and said, um, there's the, um, you got the government uh, uh, trying to get into the in the government. I said, "Oh wow, do I?" I'm hungover. They goes, "Yes, come on." So I went there and I went there with my cousin, and she was 
my cousin, she's my eldest out of my all my first cousins. She's pretty brainy and as well. Um, so I went there and I just went. And the first thing I saw was in this gymnasium at a high school, three hundred something people. I just went, no, 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 I'm not going. No. So she, they said, no, 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 just go in there and do it, you know. So I done it. Mm. So when I done the test, and I'm sitting there going, I just, you know, I didn't. I just called one of those guys. I said, oh, I'm, I'm finished. Can I get out of here? Two weeks later, I got a call. Hey, mate, we're going to interview you for your job. And I go, what? They said, you've got in. Um, mm. Your responses. You know, some of those things were upside down and all that. And I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they said, but you finished that in the amount of time that. Mm. I said, oh, well, I didn't know. I just said, I just wanted to get out of there. Mm. So that was my thing. Just do it. Get out. I didn't realise that this was a test or, you know, it was a test, but a yeah. test of uh, your thinking and you're looking at certain ways of things and mm. doing so then i got a call back and they got in this room and next minute five of them are sitting there and going oh wow these um okay what's going on here and they can i which asked me a lot of questions and i'm thinking oh okay and yeah end up getting a job with them um, well they're settling mm. now social security yeah. back in the day yeah t- t- tests like that can really shape someone's future because there's a quote by i think it's like einstein teach a fish to climb a tree and it will keep failing like the test itself, it can just it can just really be demoralizing, or it can really inspire you and be like, "Oh, I'm actually not that bad." That is, it can go both ways, and yeah, it might come as a surprise. Me and myself, I hated school. I wrote, um, we had to do like a speech at the end of year twelve. Like you can talk about anything in English, and I wrote about how the education system is just terrible. <laughs> I said I absolutely hated it, which is ironic because I've signed up for so much more education now, and I've got two years left, but. I absolutely hated it at the time. I just thought it wasn't practical. It didn't actually teach you what you'd need to know later on in life. And it just rewarded effectively tests. We were taught to taught to do well in a test, not taught to do well in life. And that's a hard skill to learn yeah. when it comes to parents See, as I, well. I, I was like you. like, I, I, But I did like school because mm. that was my mates. Hey, yeah. what are we doing this yeah. weekend? You, know, you get to school on the Monday and you talk about what you did on the weekend and they say... Well, Wednesday, what are we yeah. doing this weekend? Yeah. But like I was a I was very defiant in maths because teacher go, right, we've got algebra. So I just sit there and go, put my hand up. Why are we learning this for? Mm. Um yeah. because we're gonna learn. I said, I don't think I'm gonna use this when <laughs> I leave school. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. Everyone learns algebra because they're gonna use X times. I said, I don't think so. Yeah, and guess I what? Disagree. <laughs> yeah. We don't use that. I, I drove my mum crazy. She's an engineer and she tried to teach me like how to solve for X. And I was like, What's X? Who's X? Like, why do I need to find it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what's all this business? And I absolutely drove her insane. And I was like, the same. I was like, I haven't used Pythagoras. Me, I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Like, <laughs> what do we use Pythagoras' theorem for? <laughs> yeah, and I, I was – so the, I, I got kicked out of maths a lot. Like, get out, mm. go for a walk for 10 minutes, and you, you or go to the office and you tell them why you yeah. – I just sit there and go – Like that's going to well, teach you something. Well, I'm not going to use that. X, I mm. said, well, I don't even see that in the shops. Yeah. And I used to argue the yeah. point. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, it will come in handy, Leon. Mm. Um, yeah, now I, I still – I think I was right. I, I don't use yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you have a calculator now. Yeah. So. <coughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who designs who designs these systems. I may go through so much reform as well. So you know at the time they're not perfect. So questioning it even as a kid isn't the worst thing. Like you're within your right to critically f- think and examine. That's probably the most useful skill you can actually learn is to think critically about information presented to you, especially in this state when you've got information coming left, right and centre. You don't know what's reliable and what's yeah. not. Yeah, no, I, the biggest. 
Uh, I didn't mind using that test, those tests where you just do it, because the next time I'd done a test like that was when I tried to join the Northern Territory Police Force. Mm. And I... And I... They gave you five hours, and I'm thinking, five hours for this test? So I probably finished it in about an hour and a half. Mm. And when I... I so I sat there and I'm thinking, I'm not going to sit here for another three and a half hours. So I put my hand up and the, the sergeant was sitting there goes, I said, I'm finished. And he came and he looked and he goes, oh, oh I suppose you can go. <laughs> yeah, and I ended up getting called back for that. But then I told you that I had the Sydney Uni student who... Yeah, didn't there. you turn it down? No, I told the Sydney Uni student where to... Well, I think yeah. of him. <laughs> I, I was, I was like trying to go in a way that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh well, I passed. Yeah, passed the fitness, passed the because uh, they put you through this strenuous, you know, can you can you handle situations and yeah. that, and, and and your thinking ability, and I done all that, but then I got to the last bit where they had a panel at an Indigenous police officer, the sergeant, who was in that test, and another person who was. So they've asked me a lot of questions and that sort of stuff, mm. and and I was thinking, why is this person always keep, you know? And I said, oh look, they said, oh you gamble. I said, yeah, I have a flutter on the TAB. I don't mind that. And we also have family game of cards. And the, the bloke over here, and he goes, cards. So what do you lose? Thousands in a night. And I go, what? I said, mate, we play for a dollar, two dollar coins, or five dollars at best, or a beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so how much money do you lose? I said. Five bucks. Um, we play for five bucks. We're not playing for heaps. And then the Indigenous police officer said, oh, mate, it's it's sort of a custom where we just sit down with a family and we play cards for money. You know, maybe it's just a dollar you know, dollar shot or just chuck a dollar in and whoever wins, they, you know, might, might be five people playing. You know, win five bucks. Yeah. You know, then you put your dollar back in and everyone yeah. else. It makes it more interesting than having nothing. Yeah. And, 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 and like that, and he goes, savings. blah, blah, blah. And he's asked me all these questions. So where I failed, and I'm glad I did because I probably didn't want to be a policeman now. Um, is they said, have you got any questions to ask us? And I said, yes, I do. So I looked at him, I said, have you ever been around Indigenous people? Have you ever associated with Indigenous people? He looked like me and just went, uh, I said, so where do you come from? What's your background? He goes, uh, I've just been a year out of Sydney University. I said, well, there you go. You don't know nothing about Indigenous people. You know, we're not quarries. We're living in the Northern Territory here. There's more. In, and the Indigenous police officer, I can see her going, no, but I'm going to speak my mind. Yeah. So I told him, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, then got a call back and said, um, you failed your, <laughs> failed that. <laughs> yes. No, but like going back to the resilience stuff, I think that's resilience in itself, speaking your mind and not being afraid yeah. to do that. Because when I asked him, where'd you come from? And he goes, oh, I've been out of uni. I said, mate, if, and when I said, have you ever talked to an Indigenous person before you come to the He goes, no, no. I said, why are you sitting on a, a panel and it's predominantly Indigenous officers you're trying to get and you're talking about, and we're talking about our lifestyles and, that, and you, you're sitting here doing whatever. And judging it as well yeah, when yeah. he doesn't know. And guess what? Two years later, i done the same. Walked into the room, I passed everything. I got to the room, I sat down. I had one of my mates who was a detective sit standing there. I looked at him and he goes, I remember you. I said, I remember you too, dickhead. I got up and I left. <laughs> I did. I walked straight out. I might have had a chance to be a police officer. But you know what? I said, I'm glad I didn't. Mm. Yeah. So you held, you held to your values. Well, I, when I saw him and he knew exactly who I was. He, you? <laughs> I said, yeah, you too, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> but I, I did get up and... Well, 
Yeah, it worked. Now, I heard you say the word stimulating before. I was going to bring this up. Mm. Apparently, in Victoria, it was very stimulating around the St Kilda area. Um, they're trying to. There's a new case of COVID, um, so they traced it back to a sex worker. <laughs> oh, isn't that stimulating? That stimulating. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking about. Yeah, they. they did you right. know that? They, no. I was watching the news this morning. They traced it back to a sex worker. Um, yeah, right. a new well, case. Going to break up a lot of marriages. They don't know who, is, yeah. who spread it, but they they traced it back, and they so they said. Oh, the news was quite funny this morning. Um, anyone who's been with a sex worker in yeah. St Kilda, can you please come forward? Yeah. All, all the um, all the wives of the. The customers be like, so honey, why do you have COVID exactly? <laughs> um, I saw the news this morning that a sex worker was the starter. And of they this. don't know where she got it from. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. So they've gone up in case numbers then. Yes. Um, and especially with this. Um, About 50 odd, eh? Yeah, especially with this um, St Kilda area with this um, yeah. particular lady. Yeah. It was. And you know what they said? <laughs> if anyone's sort of like associated, but. Um, been with her and whatnot, eh? It was like, oh, and I'm thinking, what's going on? That'd I was looking shame. at her going, oh, wow. Yeah. So she's created a whole new batch of coronavirus. <laughs> she's probably sitting there like, yes, this is my work done. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be mortified. I've always thought that if I was one, if I was like, especially in Perth where you don't really have COVID much, if you have a one person to bring it in, you just... Oh. Everyone's going to be talking shit about yeah. you. Like, even on... Um, Things like TikTok, whenever there's a lockdown in Perth, and because they they go everywhere, yeah. like that one in um I know it's insane. February. They really get around the the spots where they were going was Perth Convention Centre, all around the city, all yeah. around like five different petrol stations. Yeah. yeah, and so you see videos of people, you know, acting like the guy gets COVID. Hmm, what do I do today? Travel all around Perth. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Or go to St Kilda. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Have a good time there. <laughs> but can you imagine going for a COVID test and you went saw this particular person? You'd go, please keep it quiet. Mm. I did go to St Kilda. Yep. But, um, yeah. Can you not put it on the news, please? Ten minutes later, a man has come forward. Well, it's usually um, it's Kilda. usually our security guard or someone's coming back from you know overseas or you know they. Well, India was the yeah. last one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah but so. when they actually said it was a, a sex worker. Wow. Yeah. 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 But hey, it's the old. I think that needs to get looked into because I thought it was all supposed to be COVID safe in, you know, well, what social industry. industry. Yeah. <laughs> well, how you. Well, I think business, if you're a sex worker, you should well, be tested frequently. Well, yeah. Business would have dropped. Oh, it's yeah. going to affect It's going to affect them, yeah. Well, mm. when they gave all that money last year, what, what would they would have put on their um, job, you know? Oh, look, we're, we're suffering as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are. They, it's, they it's, 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 it's a profession, yeah. so they're yeah. losing. They're losing out of money. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh well. Hopefully, they get these people, <laughs> and no wives or husbands. I think it'll be out. a common thing that goes around. Oh, so you've got COVID, have well, you? It was. Mm. A, it was quite funny because the 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 present the the presenters on the news, you know, had a bit of a chuckle and go, "Oh wow." Um, Okay. You'd want to try not to laugh on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Oh, well, but they don't know where she got it from. That was the problem. The, the authorities in Victoria just don't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's probably the most, that. worrying, yeah. that's the most worrying thing, yeah. But I think, as I was saying just before, if you're working, you know, whoever takes charge um, in all that stuff, you'd want to make sure that 
you're very COVID safe. Yeah. You know, so look after yourself, hygiene-wise, um, and then I reckon tests should be a regular thing. So with all the safe distancing, and I'm guessing, you know, I'm going to touch on the the sex worker things, has Pornhub's viewership gone up? <laughs> I think I've actually heard it has. It, it yeah. has. That's yeah. what I wanted to know. I think know. it came up on Lad Bible. I, I just started thinking Facebook. that just then. Yeah, wow. I think online, awesome. online um, subscription stuff. In that Hilltop, Hilltop Hood song, mm. the one they released last year, they say porn, uh, pandemic's trending on Pornhub, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've seen like um, things talk about it. Like there were people making videos, you know. How about all those COVID songs? Wearing um, suits and that, like hazmat suits oh. and saying it's COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. All, all those COVID songs came out. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, I remember talking to someone and we were, like, saying, is this just going to cause an explosion of, of art and culture and all well, it of did. that? It, but the yeah. one that, one song that I never heard was of anyone doing was Red Gum. I was only 19. Someone should have sung a song. It was COVID-19. What did we do? We had one, didn't we? You know, we were looking at on YouTube at all these COVID songs. It was unreal. Some of the, yeah, the, I guess the, you know, how the way they performed. You know, singing these songs and writing, changing the lyrics. And yeah, that. yeah, it's definitely oh, a lot of material. I remember back when COVID was first big. We were singing one. I can't remember what it was though. Yeah, because we were just messing around. I think it was like a Paul Kelly song that we were redoing. Yeah, we we, I know we were just singing songs and changing words. Yeah, because it seems like the norm, and I think we were we we started seeing everything. Wait, there, and we looked on YouTube, and there was heaps. And go, wow, yeah. these guys are very talented. Have actually. you guys ever thought about making a YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to do one. Mm. I know, probably, you know, even if it's just filming this part of the conversation. Yeah, you know, getting the camera here or yeah. camera angle over there, and one here looking at the the yeah. guests and you know editing and yeah. that sort of stuff. Because um, OJ's. You know, we're probably going to do it like the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. Well, you've got a great setup. Yeah. That's it, yeah. So we, I, I think we'll, um, we might do it. Yeah. Probably eventually one day, yeah. Yeah, I think let the viewers see this psychedelic background here. Oh, mate, it's so good, eh? <laughs> if you want one, go to Brew Markets. They're $20. They're shout out. As long as no one wore it before you put it up here. Yeah. It's, it's a sarong? I hope you washed it. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's worn it. Not even you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> See me going down Cable Beach. <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, your questions were, yeah, very probably interesting. Probably yeah, interesting. different yeah. too. Yeah, no, different because yeah. like, and actually. Because we weren't, we weren't sure what the general, the general flow of no, the No, well, that's good because we talked is. about millionaires and all of a sudden we got into mm. other stuff than it, you yeah. know, and it, and it does, which. Talk uh, about your whole life story, mate. Yeah, yeah talk to <laughs> Yeah, it changes it, which is good. And, and I guess that's, I guess that's why having this platform here, what we're doing now, it sort of gave us the opportunity to speak our minds a bit. Yeah. And um, without, yeah, without you know the the locals yeah. hearing it, and then what they were doing. Because we started much. it, um, we started this just before COVID, COVID like the end of two thousand nineteen. But we were never recording it, so yeah. we'd always go up in the studio live. and do an hour mm. worth of just live talking. Right. And like we'd bring different. Things like we do now, yeah. Um, and then well, we had to be, we had to watch what we say, you know. It's yeah, very, yeah, because it was obviously live on radio. Can't yeah. edit that. 
Yeah. Um. So then we just this room was filled with junk and boxes, and so I was like, all right, I want to clear this room out, um, and then yeah, get this thing in here, get some microphones, yeah. and start recording it instead of doing a live. Mm. And then I found a way to put it on Spotify. Yeah. So it didn't go up on, on the radio anymore. Yeah. It was on this. Spotify. So we I'd could kind of get a bit more that. free. Yeah. Yeah. Free range of what we could say and things like that. Yeah. So with yourself, Nick, you think you will might go on and do your podcast a bit more? Or? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, it's just finding time in between study. And I've seen a few podcasts out there, which I've quite enjoyed where they add like a lot of little sound snippets in. There's this one lady, she's got a podcast called Ologies. Yeah. I oh, yeah, really, really, really love that. Um, she, she's she got the best job in the world, I reckon. What she does is she just interviews. I'm plugging her podcast here. Ooh. <laughs> 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 yeah, she'll have little things like that and like even like little sound snippets from like films, yeah. which What's are really one? like known well. So, um, so we do this mainly with OJ. Oh, so as soon yeah. as he says something, oh, like, this is one. Yeah. Um, this is like one we were talking about, like with ghosts and all that. I think this is it. That's it. <laughs> so like someone would say something about a conspiracy yeah. theory, yeah. and we play and, that. And I depressed yeah. that and I need, I need one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, she just she interviews a whole bunch of people that study different things. She's got the best job in the world. She'll interview people that study trees, and then another oh, day, wow. people who study turtles. And then you just have like an hour podcast, and you just learn about some random thing like volcanoes, and you're like, oh, trees. Talking about that, they actually mm. sing. I was uh, watching videos. Same with. Uh, funguses like mushrooms and that yeah they get i don't know what the device is and then they what mushrooms like are you talking about aj oh well <laughs> <laughs> i won't say what kind of mushrooms nah i'm like any any kind of mushroom like he does it whoever it is does it on leaves and all that as well um and they like make like songs i guess yeah, right. and it's really weird like it's like they're singing yeah oh, yeah wow. i'll have to show you guys a video after yeah. this but it's really cool yeah wow that's insane yeah, hopefully, hopefully can get some episodes coming out. Yeah, um, mainly around our holiday period. But yeah, I'd love to see how you upload these. On yeah, Spotify. absolutely. And yeah. uh, hopefully we can get you guys on maybe another time as well via phone. Yeah, yeah we can. Yeah. That'd be yeah. great awesome. to see yeah. how yous are going down there. Yeah, that'd be yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be a great catch up. Um, have a bit of yeah, bit yeah. Of catch up. See how your we podcast did. is going. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. honestly, um, you can be our Perth correspondent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's happening down there? We'll give you uh, the traffic. weather's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, he will be. Um, you know, replacing Basil at six p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out, <laughs> watch out, Basil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. No, nah. I think we come to the end of the time though. It's just over an hour. So, guys, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So, it is your you're off this weekend, are you? Yes, we're yeah. off on Friday. Will be our last day here, and we're flying back Saturday. Oh well, so. Yeah, yeah. So, well, thank yeah. you for coming on both you, um, yeah. episodes yeah. this week and. Yeah, no, it was great having you. And yeah, it's been a Thank great experience. No, yeah. and hopefully, as, as OJ said, hopefully we can get you on as our as you know just what's happening in Perth. You know, I'd yeah, love to. give yeah, us a rundown. Yeah. Yeah. I'd absolutely <laughs> love that. Yeah. All right, guys, thank Brilliant. you so much for joining another episode of the conversation, and we'll catch you all next time. All right, see ya. See ya.